Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Tuesday, November 2nd, and uh, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace and God's mercy and God's delight. And listen, I'm going to say I wish you God's hope today, because as you know, we celebrate another feast day today, and today is such a good feast day. It is such a Catholic feast day. Um, It is rooted in our Catholic uh, outlook, and it is one that is so hopeful. And of course, it is the Feast of All Souls. Yesterday, we celebrated all saints. Today, we celebrate all souls. So what is the difference? Well, we'll take a look at that, shall we? Um, Ah, it's so good. So good. So, because it's a high feast day again, not a holy day of obligation like yesterday was, but still a high feast, uh, we go off of our usual track. I suspect, haven't looked, should have before, but I didn't, I suspect tomorrow we will be back on our track of Luke, uh, Luke 14, if memory serves, but for today, we are going to be in John once again, Uh, John chapter 6 verses 37 to 40. So let's break open God's word together, brothers and sisters, and see what God has for us through the evangelist John. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the crowds, Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will not reject anyone who comes to me. Because I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise them On the last day. Brothers and sisters, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we just can't read that reading without it just, oh, it is such good news. It is such good news. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about all saints, all souls, and why this is such good news. So yesterday, of course, we celebrated uh, the church triumphant. I used that that term, right? So, you know, the Catholic Church uh, talks about the church, and that's capital C, uh, the church in three different ways. The church militant, the church suffering, the church triumphant. You know, and again, churchy words, and, and that's great, and you don't ever need to use them again if you don't want to, but but here's the groups that they're talking about when they, they, they say things like that. The church militant, or is the church active? The, the church right now that is on the move, that's you and I, right? That we are the church, that we participate in the action of God. We participate in creating, well, creating is not the right word because creator does that, participating and allowing uh, the, the spirit to move through us in uh, assisting, how about we use that, with the creation of uh, the kingdom of God here on earth, that we are actively doing it now. 
Um, okay, so that's the church militant or the church active, or that's you and I. That's our part. The church suffering are those in the state of purgatory, uh, that state of purgation, that are moving toward the fullness of the kingdom in the afterlife, not just the afterlife, we'll talk about that too, but that church that is in that process of purgation, moving toward the fullness of life, capital F, capital L, the fullness of life in the presence of God. Um, and so that is generally what we look at in uh, we are praying for those uh, souls in purgatory. And that is today's feast, the Feast of All Souls. Now, the Feast of All Saints are those who already attained the fullness of the kingdom, that are in the kingdom of God in the presence. So we mentioned, you know, some of the big shooters yesterday, you know, uh, that we celebrated recently, Francis of Assisi. Um, you know, Peter Claver. Oh, I failed to mention him yesterday. I love Peter Claver. Um, you know, uh, John Paul II, we talked about, uh, Teresa of Avila, uh, Therese of the Child Jesus, you know, all these. I mean, it's like boom, boom, boom. Um, and, and, and again, that's just October. <laughs> um, you know, but again, those are the ones we look at. But not, not just the, the, as I said yesterday, not just the famous, the obscure, those holy men and women who we knew in our lives. And we trust that, uh, that they are in the kingdom of God at this point too. So let's talk a little bit about purgatory. You know, and this idea, and I said this is a very Catholic feast because purgatory is a very Catholic uh teaching. It is a very Catholic doctrine. Uh, you, if you go up to, to our, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are not Catholic and say, hey, let's talk about purgatory, because who really doesn't just go up to them and say that? You know, um, they'll look at you sideways, and they're going to be like, what are you talking about? You know, uh, there's really nothing about purgatory in, in Scripture, and therefore that is not a, uh, a belief or a holding of theirs. That is something that is within Catholic thought. Now, why do we as Catholics think that? Uh, are we off base here? Uh, and, uh, and I would say, oh, I, now this is Joe, you've heard me talk about it before, if you've been a listener, you know, in this now, what the 400 and whatever odd podcast this is, I am a huge believer and lover uh, in purgatory because I find it such a hope-filled doctrine. Such a hope-filled teaching. Now, here's not the way to look at it. Don't look at it as like a timeout. Like, okay, you weren't good enough to get in the kingdom of God. You go swim in that lake of fire for, you know, a century. And then come back and we'll see. You know, I mean, it's not punitive. If we look at purgatory in a punitive way, we're, we're seeing it wrongly. We're seeing it wrongly. Um, go sit in that corner for a millennia, you know, uh, and, and just, just dwell in your shame. You swim in that lake of fire. You, you know, carry that ball, push the ball up the hill and, uh, and let it roll down the next one and do that for, uh, you know, for a, a, an X amount of time. And, and, uh, and somehow that makes us ready, you know, for the kingdom of God. That, that's just, 
that that's that's not it, is it? That can't be it. If that's it, oh, what an awful doctrine. No, no, brothers and sisters, here's what I believe it is. If I were to die today, if you were to die today, there are dark recesses within our spirit, right? There are rough edges that have not been made plain yet. You know, I love that that image of John the Baptist, right? When he's out in the desert saying, you know, every valley shall be made, you know, level and every hill should be made low. Why? So that the kingdom of God can come straight away. So there is no hindrance to God's coming. Well, there are valleys and hills in my life, and I suspect in yours. We are filled, as I mentioned yesterday, with wheat and weeds. That's the reality. And we know that nothing um, impure is going to enter the kingdom of God. In, my, in who I am right now, I could not enter fully into the kingdom of God because I know there are areas, I know that in my life that, um, that are not worthy of being in the presence of God. Instead, they must be, uh, well, the, the term we often use, like gold in the, in the furnace, they need to be refined, they need to be burned off to use that imagery and where these lakes of fire and Dante, you know, come up with in, in Purgatorio. Um, and, and that's why I use that term. The root word of Purgatory is purge, purge. There are things, there are habits in my life. There are ways I think. There are ways I speak. There are things I carry um, that, that, that need to be purged from who I am before I can fully enter the kingdom of God. And that is what purgatory is, is that moment of purging. And we don't know, brothers and sisters, and the Catholic Church has not declared, you know, that, that this is exactly what purgatory looks like. Well, you know, we don't know. We, we just know that, that I'm at A, the kingdom of God is at C, and something has to happen at B before A can be into C, Right? And it may happen in a twinkle of an, twinkling of an eye, in a momentary, you know, something in my death. And, and, and all of that is, is part of the world, the flesh that Paul talks about, that, that, that will, will be um, just evaporated or gone uh, in that moment. Now, remember, brothers and sisters... We are not Greek philosophers here. We do not believe just simply the soul goes into the kingdom. We are Hebrew uh, descendants, uh, that, that body and soul, right? That's what we celebrate on the Assumption of Mary, body and soul into heaven, not just soul, not just soul. Our bodies, we believe, right? We say it in the creed every, every day that, that, uh, that we believe in the resurrection of the body, and so it's not just, okay, I'm going to leave all this bodily stuff behind and just my soul gets there, and boy, that's nice and pure. And No, brothers and sisters, the fullness of who we are goes. And so what needs to be purged within this essence now? And that's why I say purgatory, that we pray for those souls in purgatory and those, you know, this purgation in the afterlife, which again, so hopeful, and I'll get there in a second. But, but I am a believer, brothers and sisters, that that purgation, it, we're going through it now too. That church suffering is not just those in the afterlife, but those that you and I, to the extent that we connect ourselves to Christ, that purgation 
it's, it's going on right now because you and I know those things within us, right? To the extent that we give that, those dark recesses over and say, Spirit of God, come into those places. And Spirit of God, come into the ways I think and those habits I have and those judgments that I do and those masks that I wear and those, um, and, and those you know, uh, things that are rooted, those deep rooted, but boy, they just don't come out. Let that purgation start now. And so we pray, brothers and sisters, not only, like yesterday, I love it. Father Roger Schmidt, my, my pastor, who I, I mentioned yesterday, the Benedictine, always used to say the Feast of All Saints was our, our feast too because we are the saints, the holy ones of God. And, and I know him to be correct in that. Paul, Paul confirms that. But today is our feast too. <laughs> Both are true. <laughs> Both are true. We are saints and sinners. And, and we are, and I don't say that, you know, to, to, to belittle that. I say it because it's the reality. And that part of us, Lord, that, that carries the, those sins, that carries those, those falling short of loving fully God and, and one another, and ourselves, by the way, those need to be purged. And, and that starts now. It, it, it's, yeah, it's so great. So why is this gospel so good? Gosh, I've already gone on like a dozen minutes, and, and here we are. It's so hopeful, brothers and sisters, because I, I, two parts that I want to read from the gospel. Jesus said to the crowds, now remember, he's saying this to all of us then. This is for everybody. Everything. Now, I want you to hear this. I want to hear him speaking this to you today. Everything that the Father gives me, and what does the Father give him? All things. All things are in Christ. Paul, Paul makes that clear. All things are in Christ. Christ is in God. Therefore, all are of God. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, will come to me. Remember the, the Sermon on the Mount yesterday? Jesus went up the hill and his disciples came to him. Same thing we're hearing today. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me. And here's the part I want you to hear too. And I will not reject anyone who comes to me. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Are you desirous to come to God today? Then go to him. And do you know what he's going to do? He's not going to reject you. He's not going to reject you as you are. That's when he can begin to, as the potter to mold the clay and into the shape that he wishes us to. And truth be told, he's been molding it for years and years, right? But everything that the Father gives to Jesus will come to him and he will not reject anyone anyone who comes to him brothers and sisters we pray for these souls in purgatory but everybody here's the best news everybody in purgatory is going to the kingdom everybody everybody it's not a question of all right let's spend a millennia here and let's see how well you, you swim around in that lake of fire and then we'll decide whether you go up or down no 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 it's that moment in time of purgation. Why? So we can enter fully into the kingdom of God. Even now. Everybody. Everybody. Because he's not rejecting anyone who comes to him. Everyone in that purgation, in that purgatory, is going to the fullness of the kingdom. And here's the rest of it. Here's the other part that I want you to hear. And this is the will. <laughs> it's so important that he says it twice. Because I'm going to read it to you twice. 
If you don't get it the first time, in that sentence, the very next sentence is going to say it again. And this is the will of the one who sent me. So Jesus says, I came down to do the will of the Father. And this is that will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me. Remember, anyone who comes to him, he's not going to reject. And I came to do the will of the Father. And what's the will of the Father? That I'm not going to lose a single iota. I'm not going to lose any part of it. And in case you didn't get it there, the next sentence, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life. And I shall raise them on the last day. Brothers and sisters, the will of God is life. The will of God is, is that no one or no thing shall be lost. And all things are in Christ, and Christ is in God. Don't believe me. Go to Paul. Don't believe me. Believe Jesus' words. I will not reject anyone who comes to me. And this is the will of, of the Father, that I don't lose anything and that I raise it. Brothers and sisters, just sit in that. Just sit in that. Now again, I'm going to go back to Romans. This is the second reading here. I'm just going to read part of it because it's one of my favorites, Romans 6. Paul is so good. He's so good. I know Paul can be arrogant. I know Paul can be sexist. And I know Paul carries, he carries wheat and weeds, brothers and sisters. He's so good. He's so wise. Are you, this is Paul now, are you unaware that we, you and I, who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Remember, this is the church suffering today, right? That we were baptized into that suffering? We don't get, we don't get beyond it. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't take a bypass of it. Are you not aware that we were, who were baptized into Christ were baptized into that same suffering? But here's the best news. We were indeed buried with him through baptized into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so too we might live in newness of life. Yeah, suffering's a part of the deal. I wish it weren't. I wish it weren't. But you know what is also part of the deal? Resurrection. Jesus is the first fruits. If it happened to him, it's true of us. Not because of us, because of God and God's great mercy, because that's what we were baptized into. Brothers and sisters, this is the best. This is the best. And we pray for those brothers and sisters who are suffering and being purged in the, in the kingdom, in the afterlife, and here in the now. I want to end with a story. I want to talk about my son Thaddeus today. And here's the story. And, 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 and even in telling this story, I'm not sure if it's a story more for yesterday or today. I think it's for both. <laughs> I'll let you decide. <laughs> this is art. You interpret as, as you will. So, um, Renee's and my youngest two kids, uh, Aileen and Thaddeus, are twins, uh, brothers and sisters. And, uh, and they are seniors in high school. Thaddeus is an exceptional runner has been all his life. Um, he uh, has been in cross country, as has Aileen. He has uh, been in cross country, and from the moment he got into cross country uh, his freshman year at high school, he was the number one runner on the team. 
And, uh, and this is no small high school. I mean, it's 1,500 people or something. And so, I mean, he was the number one runner on the team. But he didn't go to state his freshman or sophomore year. The team wasn't good enough to go. And, uh, and just the other runners, particularly the juniors and seniors, were stronger than he was. And so he came up short. His sophomore year particularly had a really good run, but he, but he missed out by, you know, I'd say, uh, I don't even remember, I, I, maybe a, a handful of people um, that he missed it qualifying, um, but ran really well. And so he was really looking for his junior and senior year to go to state and cross country. Well, then junior year happens and the pandemic happens, right? And that's um, blown out. And so here comes senior year. And uh, for whatever reason, um, Thaddeus, I don't know if it's it's something uh, medically, it's something anxiety, maybe both. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. When he was running and practicing, going into the season and pushing his body, he found that he couldn't breathe well, but it wasn't like an asthma, like his lungs weren't opening up. It was the opposite of that. And, and his lungs would take in the air, but then his vocal cords constricted and he couldn't let out the air. And so it was like his heart was beating through his neck and it was going to blow out and burst out. And he didn't know what was going on. So he took him to a general practitioner. And um, after, well, he had his first race of the year first. And he, uh, he halfway through couldn't finish the race because he couldn't breathe. And so he came up to us and, uh, and just didn't know what was going on. So we took him to a GP and the GP gave him, you know, looked up a little bit and gave him some, some practices, even when he's running, that he could try to loosen those vocal cords so the air could go out. Well, then the rest of the season happens and it gets cooler out and the hot air, the hot weather is done. And we really thought, well, this is good news. The, the hot weather is gone and, and in cooler air, his vocal cords didn't restrict and he was having a really good season. Um, and doing great. And then he had sectionals about a week and a half ago. And sectionals, of course, is where you qualify to go to state. And you got to either be on one of the top two teams or you have to be one of the top five individual runners. So, um, so he goes and he's running. And after the first um, mile, mile and a quarter, he's in first place. I mean, he's running a terrific race. But as we saw him at about the mile and a quarter part, he looks to me, because, you know, you go all over the course and you cheer him on. He looks at me and he points to his chest and his neck. And he's got a, a concerned look on his face. And I know immediately what that means, is he's not able to breathe well. And so we go over and we see him at about just before the two-mile mark. I'd say it was about the mile and three-quarter mark, so about a half mile later. And he's fallen from first to about fifth in that time. And we're at a corner, and he's coming up right toward us. And he doesn't turn the corner. Instead, he goes straight into my arms and basically collapses and says, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I just hold him. And Renee holds him. And all his brothers and sisters who came back from Minneapolis to see him are just there. And he watches as all the other runners pass him. And he tries to get his breath. And his dream is gone. His idea of going to state 
I mean, I'm, I'm even choking up as I tell you this story. It's heartbreaking. And he sits there for about a minute, maybe a minute and a half, and he collects his breath and his, and his lungs are able to, to breathe out again and he's able to breathe in and breathe out back normally. And I look at him and I say, Thad, do you want to finish the race? And he says, yeah. And he goes and he finishes the race. And he finishes, you know, probably that minute and a half, um, two minutes later than he would have. He finishes in the middle of the pack. And you could tell at the end of the race, he was just holding back tears, as all of us were. Um, Because that dream was gone. But here's why I tell this story. Because Thad, I watched him, and his mother watched him, and his brothers and sisters watched him. What he did was he immediately went to the rest of his team, those teammates who he beat at virtually every race, and he congratulated them on their run. And the others who had not yet come in, he uh, cheered them on. And then he walked over to the tent because he just needed a little space. And somebody who he'd been uh, gauging uh, his runs all year, in fact, not just this year, but in years past, who was another senior at uh, a different high school, uh, made it to state. And he you know, would have been running with him. Uh, and, uh, and he went up to him and he congratulated him and gave him a hug. And I, and I use this term here for the Feast of All Saints and All Souls in this way. Let's talk All Saints first. Do you remember where, where Jesus said, well, through John yesterday, Beloved, we are children of God. Um, what we shall be will be revealed to us. Beloved, we are God's children now. And remember how we look at children my friends, I'm not sure I'm more proud of Thad. I'm, I'm not sure I'm not more proud of Thad right now than had he been one of the top five runners. If he'd been the top five runners, I'd have been so proud of him because he would have achieved his dream and he'd be going to state. But um, he didn't. Instead, I got to watch him. And, uh, and I got to watch the dignity and the character come out of this man. And I think I carry even more pride in that. And I think that's how God looks at us. That, that yeah, that didn't finish first. And, and we may not either. Because um, we're not perfect. Because some things constrict us. But God knows our journey now. And he cheers us on. Just like his brothers and sisters cheered him on. And, and we may come in in the middle of the pack at best. You know, obscure, not known, but not to God. God's so proud of us for finishing the race. And Thad, in a sense, the reason why I think this is okay for today too is he had to be purged of his dream. That whole idea, that last mile and a quarter that he had to run on his own, he knew he wasn't good in the state. All those things, they were gone. He just had to run and finish. And, and, and remember, blessed are those who mourn. He was mourning that, I'm sure. Um, but he came out of it. And he didn't exhibit bitterness. He exhibited, you know, that mourning. But he turned that to other people to congratulate them. Brothers and sisters, let's use the suffering that we have 
to make us better, not bitter. Sorry for the cliche there. To allow it to, to develop character within us. So we may accompany those with us and, and better journey with them. Most of us are probably middle of the Packers, but that's okay. God cheers us on, and he's so proud of us because we are his children. He doesn't need us to be anywhere else. Allow, us, allow yourself to be where you are and who you are, and allow it to cleanse you of whatever's going on, okay, uh, in order that we can accompany those others with us in mercy and understand forgiveness more because we need God's mercy. And because of that, we know other people do too, right? Sorry I've gone so long today. I hope that's okay. Uh, bless you all. Let's pray. And, uh, and thanks for being a part of the podcast today. And so we begin, my friends, uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second luminous mystery, the wedding feast at Cana. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, bless you. Thanks for uh, being present on a longer episode today. Have a wonderful Tuesday, and I look forward to us being back together again tomorrow. God's peace.